0: This week, I thought we would talk about the concept of eloquence. In a conversation with someone today, I was asked how to be, how they could be more eloquent when speaking. And I have to confess, I haven't actually had that specific question asked of me exactly in those words. Certainly other people have sought advice or training or coaching on that line of things, but specifically the word eloquence, that stuck out to me and I really wanted to talk about it this week in our in our podcast. And so actually, you know how it is, you know, we use so many words in an everyday sense and maybe we don't know particularly what, what they mean when we have to spell it out and yet we have a strong feeling about it. I looked up the word eloquence just as a dictionary definition and in case you In case you're wondering, you can look it up yourself. It seems to be speaking out loudly, clearly, and persuasively. So certainly there is the element of being clear and being effective in your message. And yet to me that seemed incomplete in fully conveying the true meaning of the word. And so I d- dug a little deeper and I found another, another couple of websites. And uh, I'll actually read out one of the one of the, the descriptions I found. Uh, you can also find it. It's on Londonspeechworkshop. com. And uh, the question is what makes a person eloquent? An eloquent speaker is someone. this is directly quoted from their website. An eloquent speaker is someone who has mastery over how they use, language. They understand its subtleties and nuances and can use it to communicate their message effectively and persuasively. Listening to a great eloquent speaker is similar to hearing a piece of great music. That's the end of the quote. I really felt that conveyed the feeling much more true to feeling when we hear the word eloquence than just persuasive. And I think that's that's the message of the day, is there's a power to being artful and nuanced and subtle and almost artistic with one's language that makes us stand out in front of others. So then I guess the question is, okay, well, first of all, how can one be more eloquent? And as a follow-up, How eloquent should we really try to be? Because after all, we're not all artists and poets and people of, you know, creative background and writing great fiction, uh, be it Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, or, uh, you know, The Odyssey or Beowulf or anything like that. It's like, how do you find the sort of everyday professional level, business level kind of eloquence and, you know, defining it as such? I gave some thought and the first thing with eloquence, I think, is understanding it's all relative. Now, that can seem a bit, you know, a bit of a cop-out, but uh, hear me out here. Eloquence, you're only as eloquent as you need to be with the specific group of people. That's your audience. So if you are too far above in your vocabulary, in your style, in your use of language, compared to the people you normally speak with or work with or converse with, that will be to your detriment. So you don't want to be too far above them. You don't want to be too far below them. You want to be certainly for sure at the median. So as good as the majority of the people Plus one standard deviation above, whatever that might account for. Now here's a trick. I personally try my best never to use vocabulary with friends, family, coworkers, colleagues, clients, or students. I never use vocabulary that people don't understand. The great mistake that so-called educated people make, I say so-called because you know, education is more about not. Uh, it's much more than the number of degrees you might hold. So educated people often make this mistake where they'll throw up words that they read in the dictionary a few days ago, and you know they're trying to impress people or make them feel stupid or show themselves as being very clever. When in reality, they're talking and not communicating. See what I did there? When you when you're talking. People might hear you, might not hear you. They might listen, they might not listen. But when you're communicating, you're connecting. People understand. Hopefully they understand and think about what you said. And if you're really good, they might just agree with you and want to talk more about it and really engage. That's great. Communicating is the back and forth and you being a good listener and you speaking and being understood. So coming back to the idea of eloquence, right? So definitely, I think what we can establish is you don't want to be. You don't want to be using advanced vocabulary to the point where you're not being understood, so we know that's not that's too far. You're off the the register, the scale, the meter, right? You want to stay within a certain range. So Then it's like, how do you find your balance, right? So I was having the exercise with the same person who brought this up. And so I was like, well, how about eloquence being poetic? And it's about style rather than complexity. And so perhaps, you know, you could say instead of I had a good day, you say I had a superb day, right, so which is a, a superlative. It's a more advanced version of good. Or you could even be more descriptive. You can say, I had a very enriching day. How about that? So think about the difference between saying, i uh, having a good day where I, I suppose if someone told me they had a good day, that means nothing bad happened. They have really de- relatively decent outcomes with whatever they're trying to achieve. And, you know, they didn't have any run-ins of a personal nature with friends, family, coworkers, etc. But now if you say something like, I had an enriching day, okay, that's like, I learned something, I grew, I became a more well-rounded, wiser, smarter, more effective person. And everyone's like, hey, yeah, what, what was so enriching? And it's like, oh, I read this book, or oh, I was watching this talk, or, oh, I got this great advice from a mentor, etc., etc." And you have a story to tell and people are like, yeah, tell me more. So just because you used a word like enriching, because it's descriptive of something that occurred and how you felt about what occurred. So in other words, I think what we're hitting upon here is eloquence is more than just using nice flowery language. It's about describing things more accurately, more fully, more effectively, more descriptively, and especially more emotionally, because you're really trying to say uh, to jump back to uh, you, you may have come across this in your long and enriched lives right maslow's hierarchy of needs right and, and and if you remember it's like you start with basics like food and shelter and you know things of that nature all the way up to the top of the pyramid and once you know a human being has all the basic needs taken care of you're doing well you have a house you have income etc etc you know friends family love and belonging at the very top the highest need of a human being is self-actualization. What you're trying to do when you self-actualize is you reach your fullest potential. You become the wisest, smartest, uh, most well-rounded, most thoughtful, most effective version of who you are. And in doing so, you feel fulfilled and complete, right? And so I think when we're trying to be eloquent, we're really trying to be, most in in, in in subtly and effectively expressive in talking about how something made us feel. Now I know a lot of folks might say, oh, that's touchy-feely stuff. Why we talk about that? What why should we do that? Well, think about it this way: one of the most rudimentary things that every business on planet Earth has to do is sell the product. Right. And without touching upon the emotions of your customer, you will not move a thing. I mean, you might sell some food because people are starving. We might move some medicine because people get sick. But once you get past that, it's like, okay, then why would anybody buy this product or that product or the other? Right. Non-needed, non-necessity items. Or why would they buy yours versus somebody else's? It's the emotion is the branding, is the trust, is the respect and the dependability that your brand connotes, the quality your brand connotes, right? That's why world over, there are certain brands that just connote quality and, I'm, you know, not picking one or the other, but you just know them. Like, uh, think about your favorite car brands, the ones that you keep buying. Think about the phone you might be using to hear this podcast or the computer you might be using to hear this podcast. Think about, you know, which uh, ones that you buy. And is it really just about the cheapest product, or the most effective? Or is it there's something there's an X factor that made you buy this product over another? That's it. It's the emotional connection. And so bringing it back to everyday communication. OK, so let's say you have a very rudimentary thing to do in the business world, which is explain sales numbers. How could you possibly bring eloquence into sales numbers? Well, how about this situation? Your sales numbers suck and you need to convince your boss that they're not as bad as they look or there's a good context for them, right? And that might be your first cue is, well, you want to be authentic and transparent and say, hey, we didn't hit our targets. Here is, however, some context that explains why we didn't hit our targets. And most importantly, we are confident that we will ramp things up by next quarter. Right. And so you might use these these catchphrases like ramp things up and so on. And let me give some context is a nice way of saying, oh, uh, you know, it's not an excuse, but there are reasons there's causes and effects behind why things didn't go as planned or as successfully as we would have liked. So there you have it. A little bit of subtlety, a little bit of nuance, a little bit of effectiveness. And yes, persuasion in our choice of language really can make the difference between a pedantic conversation with someone about sales numbers or with a potential customer trying to move product or a friend, you know, that you're just trying to tell about your day. So try this exercise uh, when you have a minute and just look out the window and try and describe in the most literary form. Like, imagine, you know, that there's some, you're on the phone with someone and you have to describe the view outside your window. How much detail can you pick up on? You might be surprised that when you're actually looking for detail, you see things that you wouldn't even have noticed before. And that's the beauty of trying to be expressive, that in trying to be more expressive and making that an actual goal, you end up being more observant and you see things that were already there, but you were just looking overlooking them because you didn't think they were important. And suddenly, because we're trying to be expressive and complete and comprehensive in how we talk about something, suddenly, now, they're important. Because, as they say, as we should say, God is in the details. The details are what makes the difference between good, excellent, and perfect. So that's it for us here today, folks, and hope you learned a couple new words such as enriching, in eloquent and so on and uh, do always give us some feedback feel free to drop us an email uh, we're at culturespeak.com tell your friends about us and have a great rest of your week